0: Welcome to The Barkside, veterinary business and leadership unleashed, where we empower veterinary business owners and professionals like you to advance your private practice by leveraging the tools and strategies of big corporations.
1: Welcome to The Barkside. Gerardo, good to see you again. How
0: are you doing? Good evening. Good afternoon. Good morning, everyone. It's good to see you too, bro. Or you don't say how you doing. You say how you going in Australia, right? You're going. How you going, mate?
1: Good. (laughs) Something along those lines. (laughs) All right. Well, uh, last couple episodes, we started to break down the skill set that one needs to run the practice. And we talked about staff management and leadership. Let's talk about marketing today. That would be interesting. How are you
0: on the marketing side? Marketing is something that I might struggle to keep under four or five hours.
1: Okay. Well, everybody buckle up. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, let's start high level because, yeah. you know, when we were going through a lot of diligence on the clinics that we we're buying and you see the marketing line and their expenses, you see the t-shirts for uh, my son's uh, football team that we bought um, as a marketing expense. Mm. How far would that get you?
0: Well, it depends really if if the football team is 100 kilometers away and – uh, only has three people on the team, then I don't know if that's really worth an investment. So, but I what you're saying. It's, well, I suppose then what would be the, what would be your take on that line? And you saw that line and it was, what would, what would you look at then? If you saw that investment line and you saw that money there, where would you go look? You know, if you were, when you're looking at, um, practices when it came to assessing them
1: um well one thing is that from that you kind of understand that it was a it was a write-off uh, expense and uh, then the question mm-hmm. is does the owner think that that was marketing or they just needed to buy t-shirts for his or her son mm-hmm. <laughs> football team because if they think mm-hmm. that that's marketing then it will be a tough time getting the clients in and i think that um we are spoiled in the vitrine industry, at least in North America. I don't know what's the situation like in Australia, but <clears throat> we're the only industry, whenever you start a product or a store or a restaurant or whatever business you start, there's, basic things that you need to do you need to market yourself so your clients can find you mm. then you need to sell the product then you need to service mm. the product and then you need to understand the customer satisfaction after it and mm. in vet industry in north america and in, in europe we're spoiled because we almost don't have to market or we think that we don't have to market our appointment book is full and um mm. and then Now, when it's a post-COVID time, and it's not the amount of patients that we saw in COVID, you need to start thinking marketing. And it seems like that's not something that anybody was focusing on, neither that is something taught in the vet school. So I would like to unpack, what is the target audience? How do you find it? How do you meet them where they are? And how do Mm -hmm. you cater towards the customers that you want to attract?
0: I just jumped something in above that is, because when you approach businesses, some practices do incredibly well. Like the, one of the practices I coach is I think the number one in Australia. And I asked them about, you know, how they do with their marketing. They do no marketing at all. It's all word of mouth. It's all like, it's just, it's all about, for them, it was client loyalty, customer loyalty, client experience that they built it. But then there's other practices. I coach another practice and they, they do marketing, do a lot of marketing. I suppose marketing is this thing. It's like what you said before. It's like, do you know what it is? Do you know what you're wanting to achieve with it, or is it just something that you're putting money towards, and then it goes on to, like you you, you got an ad somewhere, and the ad does something. And I think that when it comes to the target audience, and when it comes to uh, what is it you're trying to market, I think the question for me would be, what is my objective? Where do I want to go with my business, and what is the the broader ob- objectives of the business. A mate of mine. He's shifting his marketing more towards dental. So he's shifting the strategy, or the strategy of his business, is shifting towards more dentals because dentals are higher profit margin. And if you have the sequence right, they're actually a pretty easy conversion. So then he's shifting away from a lot of the competing, competing for the the uh, like desexings and all those kind of shoppable items. And what he's shifting towards now is becoming like a, a, you can't say specialist, but like a a focused dental clinic. And then that's a strategic shift in his business strategy, just changing a lot of things in his business, but then he's then shifting his marketing towards that. having so the target market, then a target audience is is different.
1: Let me roll it back a little bit, a couple of steps. So what I'm hearing is that your friend there, colleague, is thinking of implementing new product to current customers. And that's how Mm. I slice marketing in general in my head is what are you trying to achieve based on your financial results? And we didn't talk deep about the financial acumen but if you're looking at your metrics which you need to have in the business which we also need to have an episode on on the metrics what metric are you trying to correct because if you have decreased new patients it's one thing you need to focus your marketing on how do you acquire new patients and what is your customer acquisition cost then what if your appointment book is full but uh your average check transaction is low So what are you trying to achieve there? Are you trying to upsell existing customers to a new service and dental, maybe one of them, or your number of invoices is dropping and then your average check transaction is is low and your invoices are low. So then are you trying to increase the number of patients or the throughput of the hospital? So Mm. therefore, Mm. you're trying to raise the number of invoices. So I think it needs to be very much linked to what the goals of the business you're trying to achieve. And then I think Mm. that the idea of implementing dental is sort of the follow-up after that is saying, okay, well, our revenue is dropping. Therefore, let's introduce a new service that is a high ticket cost mm-hmm. and we can sell this to our existing customers. So we don't need to look yes. for new customers. We have the customer base because it's much easier to sell something to existing customer than to find a yep. new customer. So there's quite a lot involved even before the dental decision. And I think before mm-hmm. you articulate, well, what are you trying to fix on your P&L? Mm-hmm. Then it's really hard to say, let's just, I love this. You know, when there's like an airplane flying with a flag and there's an Mm. advertising on it? Sometimes you see that I'm always thinking about that. Who is that for? What's the target audience? And how do Mm. they measure the result of that advertising? Because that probably costs a lot of money. But then at the end of the day, you just flew, you know, a bunch of gas and the pilot time and everything else Mm. to wave the flag. And how do you measure the results? So that's another thing that we can talk about. How do you then link what you're doing to the results that you're getting?
0: So we got one is what are we trying to fix or what are we trying to achieve? Revenue, new clients, loyalty, whatever. And then the second one is what service or offering or product that you were using as part to market. And then the third thing I would say then is with regards to the target market, you've got your existing client base, right? So then you analyze and you assess your existing client base to see whether or not they are the kind of people who would want that product or service. And I've come across that in a business where they were implementing fear free, right? And fear free is great, right? It's it's great. It's, it's a it's a you know it's a noble cause, but then at the same time, if it's not done well and not integrated well, then it can be a, quite a large disruption to the flow of a business and 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 the, the throughput of a business, right? So the balance has to be there. So but then you've got to then increase the fees or something associated with this kind of be free service, but then what essentially was happening is that they were offering a service, but then the clientele weren't actually wanting that kind of service. So then the team were hoping they're like, okay, we want to do this for ourselves, and then they were just trying to sell this service to this to the to the to the clientele, but the clientele weren't buying it. So there's no use having a service that you want to do because you like it, but then hoping or just going the clients will take it. So if the, don't, if the clientele are not there, then you could you could slowly create the clientele, but you can't just expect just because of marketing, they're going to buy it.
1: Um, that brings a really good another concept. So now that you're looking at your data, at your P&L, and you're seeing, okay, I need to increase revenue, the easiest way to do it on existing clients, and we're thinking, okay, well, fear-free will not bring that in any shape or form, <laughs> but but let's say dental – you decided on dental. I think what you need to do is to run an experiment. Before you invest heavily <laughs> in marketing something, you need to mm. invest into experiment and then understand well, will it increase? So let's talk about the dental, because then that needs to be very tightly connected to operations. If you're saying, all right, we're going to, so we have a practice in Denville, they're doing three dentals a month, uh, which is mm. not enough. But then we said, okay, let's double down and do a lot of dentals. But they're extremely constrained on capacity because they have only one registered veterinary technician who can, can um, conduct anesthesia. And then they also, because they have only one technician conducting anesthesia, then that technician cannot do hygiene, just cleaning. So it has to be a doctor. So it's a doctor time. So then you need to attach the entire business model behind it before you double down on the marketing. advertise something. Pretty much, yeah. And then... You run a small experiment, call it a minimum viable product, and if it's gaining traction, mm. then you need to go back and say, Okay, well, the results that I wanted to see, are we seeing mm. them back on the PL where it came from and the metric that it's correcting? If it is, let's double mm. down and continue with this experiment. So I think that's another important aspect. Just like you said, with fear-free, it might be a wonderful idea. But then A, do customers want this? B, is it gonna bring the result that you want? Because if you have, you know, brilliant idea that this is marketing,
0: it could be, but do people care? Mm. Do, do people care enough to pay for the difference? And, and it's sad, right? But like a, a business has to survive financially. So what you said there is absolutely key. The practice that it was supporting and coaching, we went through the whole entire customer journey and then overlaid that with a value stream and then overlaid that with kind of like efficiencies and protocols. It was like a whole entire, once we knew that was the goal, it was the whole practice became aligned in optimizing that service and that's a big shift and change if you're going to invest in marketing then then you want to make sure that you actually got the systems and processes to set it up so you'll have to unpack those two words you'll have to if for the vets that are out there you'll have to unpack
1: the customer journey and why you were outlining it and then the value stream can you do that
0: i'll do the first one because the value stream is one that you definitely know (laughs) so (laughs) the customer journey is the the steps the step-by-step process for how they um how the the client interacts with your business, what major steps, what major stages, um all the way from discovery to clicking on the website, like every step of their journey, you have to get stop and consider and think what is it about it? You could most cu- um client customer journey is about enhancing the experience and and then reducing the 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 friction and the pain points and improving the, the customers the client' experience through it. but then, I think it's important to overlay value stream, which I'll leave it to you.
1: All right. Yes. And I I love that you went there because the customer journey is very helpful in understanding where the journey starts for the customer. So if you want to sell them dental, you need to think through, yes, you need to think through how do they check in, you know, how do they drop off the pad, like all of those wonderful things. How do you make it efficiently? How do you inform them that the procedure is done when they pick it up? How do you get their the customer satisfaction score after that. But the first part of the of the patient journey is where do they find about your service? You need to think about that because that's where the marketing comes in. Where do you find them? How do you articulate them the value proposition that you're delivering? And how would they understand that this is the value that you're bringing them in? It's again, if I have a dog and I never heard about the fact that dogs need to have dental done. And mm. if I'm thinking that I give enough bones to the dog, so they clean the teeth then that's what I'm going to be thinking. So how do I intercept with that thinking of the person with my marketing materials, become the thought leader on this in the region, like your colleague they're doing mm-hmm. with the clinic. They're not specialists, but they have a special interest in it. And how do you educate the local community that you are the guy or the girl to go to to do dental? That's the first part of that journey. But the value stream, and thank you for to me, is that it comes from lean. I love value stream, and it's very close to customer journey. Essentially, you need to think on your side as a business: how do you create value? Essentially, money. So, where does that start? What do you need to do to essentially go through all the steps of one marketing? Two. Then, when you have customers coming in, uh, three, how do you process them throughout the hospital? For how do that? How does that generate money? And it's also aligning with customer journey. How do you get the feedback? So they're very closely related to streams that you literally need to outline on a whiteboard, on Lucidchart, whatever the hell you're using in the clinic mm-hmm. napkins, and then understand every step of the process. And in an ideal world measure every step of the process so when you know your marketing how do you measure success of that marketing when they came into your door how do you measure the conversion from those that you send the marketing materials to and those that came into the hospital what's that conversion because then you can determine your customer acquisition cost that you spend on each customer that came in to do dental then you can compare it to the cost of dental that they're paying on average transaction through dental then you're knowing if you're making money or creating value so those two things are fundamental after you decided that you have a project, an issue, or something on the PL that you're trying to fix, then outline the journey with what you're trying to implement.
0: The thing that you kind of touched on, but I'm not too sure if you was super clear, is that well, maybe, maybe the way that I view value Stream is slightly different, but it's not just, for me, it's also, how can you optimize that step? Like, how can you do it faster? Because you said that distance takes time. Yeah. 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 How can you do it faster? How can you do it more efficiently? How can you reduce the, 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 wastes, the eight wastes. But, um, it was until I kind of, when you talked about that, and I saw the overlay with the, um, the customer journey that I actually was like, bam, and we'd be, I've been missing something for like a decade. And it was, it's kind of shifted my mentality around marketing. So what else can we add here? What else can we add here around the target audience?
1: So I, I think going back to who, um, who are you trying to market to? Because, again, through the acquisition lens, a lot of the times when you're trying to assess what the clinic is doing for marketing, then people would say, OK, they're doing appointment reminders and that's it. And that's kind of the, mm-hmm. they have the website and and then in quotation, they have the websites and they have mar- and they have uh, email reminders. OK, that's marketing. That's done. Essentially, that's not even close to be done because is the website optimized? What's the search engine
0: optimization?
1: What Mm. kind of customers are you trying to attract? Mm. Are they on social media? Is social media just Mm. posting puppies and kittens or it's intentional when you're creating the following? Are you Mm. paying for ads on Facebook? Mm. And then um, reminders, it's only one segment out of those that we mentioned before. It's remarketing same services to your existing client base. This is not bringing new customers in any shape or form. Mm. Is not selling new services to new customers in any shape or form. Mm. So you need to think of all of those aspects. And again, what are you trying to achieve? If you are at capacity and you can't do any more stuff, but then you're adding more appointments, well, you can't do that. It all needs to be a big mechanism or thinking about it as a big picture. And I think that that's sort of looking at it holistically as a, the entire company. I think that's very important.
0: Mm. And one thing I would say about the target market is, or target audience, is shifting the perspective of what quite a lot of marketing is or is which is marketing about how good you are marketing about how exceptional this your service is or how like it's important for them to 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 see that but they will see that through social proof through um the number of google reviews you have and then how many you know when's the last bad one and then how many good ones have you had thereafter and how recent was the last Google review? It was a Google review three years ago. Okay, that's a bit, that's a bit extended, but yeah, it was a two months ago. So the the social proof, I never really kind of understood the power of, or not, not really understood, but I never really kind of like realized the power of Google reviews until one day I was looking at uh, restaurants or something like that and I was looking at the stars, the number of stars, and I was just like, oh my God, here I am. I don't even looking at the website, I'm actually just looking at the stars. And that is essentially me going and looking at a business and going, my society, my community has said that you guys are exceptional. So I'm just going to skip all the other stuff. I'm going to go straight there. So when it comes to the marketing, it has to address the needs, the desires and the emotional pains of the owners, whatever it is, you might be exceptional at dentals, but then you've got to speak in a language or speak in a way that actually serves the owners. The owners are the heroes of the story, right? And then we're just the guides in helping them along the journey of pet health care. Um, and then when you shift the, the perspective and the shift the language and the, the, the target, it's not about promoting yourself. It's about promoting your service, but it's how your service helps them. And it's a very different style of, of kind of marketing. And I think much more effective as well.
1: Well, the the one thing about marketing yourself, it's an effective thing if you're, you know, a primary care vet that is sort of the symbol of the clinic, and you know, the local vet. That's that's a good tactic. But then if you're, so we just built in our building second urgent care, and then what we found that was actually a really interesting discovery that I didn't know. Um, with the general practice or primary care, you. Kinda of invest when you open the clinic a lot, and then it becomes a word of mouth. But it also becomes repeated customers. So once you have the customer, as long as you know your churn rate and you don't have horrific feedback, and you know you're providing mm-hmm. good service, you start accumulating the client base, and then you grow to two, mm-hmm. four thousand clients in your client base, and then you kind of mm-hmm. reshuffling those clients, and it's usually your close radius around your practice because people wouldn't go. 50 kilometers away to see a vet if they have one 10 kilometers from them, unless again, they're horrific. What I found in urgent care is interesting. It's not repeated customers. It's those that need you that day. So, and I actually, this is, I'm going to say this, but I'm probably going to regret it one day is that I don't know if reviews matter the, because if you are the if you have, only if you have competition, like uh, oh, you're the only one then no, it doesn't matter. And it, and it doesn't mean that you have to be horrible, but do you have to yeah, double yeah. down on that? Because, so the situation that we've built, the, the last urgent care, is essentially there's one ER in, in town, has a yeah. bed wrap, and then yeah. we just built ours, and the amount of people that were just willing to go somewhere else, we didn't yeah. have any reviews. It was just not them. that was. We just needed to be yes. not them. And, yeah. um, and then and the price plays the role there, and the wait times and everything else. But when people are in, in need to see the vet right now because their pet is ill, no one can say, okay, my dog is just vomiting blood, but I don't like their reviews. They probably will have to go knowing, and that's what they were doing in that town, basically mm. six, eight hours wait time and poor customer service. But they're like, well, you don't have anywhere to go. Where else do we go? And that's mm. what. But what we found in marketing urgent care services is that it's not about um, a loyalty of the same people. I mean, they will suggest someone when, you know, someone's pet is sick and they can talk to each other and mm. they say, well, I just, saw this ad, but what we found is constant slight present online and being available right. because, yeah, and then if you, people don't go there because, oh, my vet is this now. They go to their vet mm. when they have, you know, scheduled mm. flea, tick, you know, de-sexing as you call it in Australia and other things. Um, But when the pet is ill, they'll just go where you are. So what we're trying to do mm. now with our marketing is actually be, have a constant slow presence but then mm. people are like, oh, yeah, I just saw you online two days ago. It scrolled through my feed on Facebook. And then today mm. my dog has uh, itchy ears, so we remembered that. Mm. So it's actually slightly different marketing because it's not just like invest up front, then you have your captive audience, mm. and then kind of slow." Uh, burn it's constant present. It doesn't have to be a lot. We invested twice hundred and fifty bucks, I think, over the course of a month, and that was enough to kindle. <laughs> must to have such a up. such
0: a such a huge demand. Bro, a, a, different, a different a different service. Yeah. So <laughs> but, um, well, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well our emergency hospitals we only had a ten percent return rate of of clients per year. So uh, out of all our clients a year only ten percent actually were repeat customers. And because they're all that was exactly in Australia. In Australia. <laughs> we were pretty good at snake bites, but, um, and it was awareness, right? Um, And awareness, but then we had several other emergency services and then that's when Google reviews kicked in. So we had a, we had a really, we had a specific campaign and a specific, a campaign, but a specific process. And we um, accumulated like a thousand five-star Google reviews over a period of about a year and maybe two years. And that b- bumped us up and that made a big difference. Uh, but if, in general practice, yeah, it's completely different. It's Awareness is great, but actually it's it should... Awareness, sometimes business owners are like, oh, look, we got all this exposure. And marketing companies will even say this. Hey, look, we've got all this reach and all these exposures and all this kind of like uh, traffic. They're just like, okay, well, wait, wait. As far as general practitioner and I was spending money on marketing and I was trying to push a service or sell a service and I'm looking at conversions and... Awareness is not necessarily what I'm after. I'm actually looking at like the you know the cost per acquisition, so some people can get lost in the whole ego of just how many people know about us where actually it's not necessarily about ego, it's about how effective it is that this your investment how, how many likes
1: how many likes on facebook like I mean that's a metric, but to me, and again, I know that our producer who is a marketing genius is here, he'll probably kill me, but I don't really understand how likes actually you know drive traffic like they when you update your news, but I don't, I can't convert likes into money in
0: my head. I just can't. Oh, we're not going to go down the whole social media marketing now. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Well, <tell laughs> me for, thing, a general practice, um, for general uh, practice, for general practice, it'd be loyalty, I would think. That's it. Yeah. it, it it's, it's a part of just nurturing as opposed to actually going to capture that client that's out of our reach because they're going to travel just because we have a good post. I think that's probably not effective. So, yeah.
1: We're up against time, but I want to ask you one thing, which is very important. What is, what was your, or is the strategy for collecting reviews on Google? What did you guys do to automate that? It
0: is a process of strategic asking, right? It's probably the worst time to ask, but like most people go, well, at the end of the, after they paid their bill, ask him for a review, but they just paid bill, you know? So unless the service was freaking exceptional and they just paid, Two thousand dollars, then you could probably ask them. But it's 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 a very personalised follow up, and the most effective thing is a text message, but not a message which is like, "Hey, did you like our service? Leave us a review." You actually got to nurture it a bit, and you will find that you will have veterinarians who you will convert their clients will convert much more readily, or will accept and agree to leave a five star review than other veterinarians. So you just focus on their clients. And then it's just like a personalized text. I Ivan. Ivan was wondering how Fluffy's going. Maybe you know, could. He's interested to hear a bit of an update, and then nurture that, and then much more successful. Yeah, that's that's exactly what we do. So, so we're text based mostly,
1: uh, trying to go away from phone calls. And then next day, essentially our CSRs next day after uh, the urgent care shift. They go in, and when it's lower, they start texting every single client we saw yesterday. And those that text back and say, "Oh my god, you follow up with us," which is very rare in that industry. Yeah, and people are surprised by that only, and they're like, "Oh my god, you guys followed up. I've never seen you know vet follow up with us. Fluffy is doing amazingly well. Thank you for what you've done to us." That's when you slip that link and don't say "go oh.
0: like a Google."
1: Give the link so they
0: can click it on their phone. Give the link. Give the link, yeah. and then you say. Ivan would like Ivan would never ask this, but he would really appreciate it if you could leave us a review and mention Ivan because that would just blow his mind, and they'd be like, oh yes. So that's another little bit of secret sauce. But once once they text, you can't. Once you once you start the process, if they reply, you got to reply. Get them while they're hot. You can't just wait three days later and then follow yeah, up. Off. No, absolutely, yeah.
1: And and it's and uh, saying that is Ivan would ask. It's not for every clinic. It's only for those clinics where Ivan
0: works. So just disclosure there. No, Ivan works, <laughs> and they're the ones <laughs> that succeed. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, man. Well, that was a great conversation. I know that we can unpack more about marketing, but well, hopefully, that was a little bit of a discussion that will uh, that will be interesting to our listeners. Good to see you again, and excited for the next episode.
0: Super excited. We'll do another 17 episodes of marketing. Talk to you guys soon.
1: Cheers.